Welcome, everybody, to the Tiffany Talks podcast show where I discuss holistic health, healing, and helping others in 30 minutes or less. I'm Tiffany Patlin, the self healing specialist and best selling author of the book Unlocking Your Ability to Heal. And I have an immense passion to heal the world. Let's get started. So today I will be talking about December depression and loneliness. It's like those two go hand in hand. Um, I'm betting a lot of you are quite familiar with those feelings of loneliness and depression, especially here in December around the holidays. It may have already started for you, you know, in November with uh, Thanksgiving and everything. Um, but in lieu of being December 1st, I wanted to hone in on uh, Christmas time and just, you know, the issues that we endure around this time, especially if we have no friends or family, if we just don't have those go-to people, that safety net. Um, and it's re- it'll be really hard because you look at these people. I know I've done this in the past. I've seen big, huge families that seem so happy and they're just together. Everybody brings a plate, a dish, and everybody's hugging and happy and joking. And it's such a beautiful thing. Um, and I know that we can tend to ask ourselves those questions. I wish that were me. Why can't that be me? Why can't that be my life? I wish I had that life. I wish I had a family and so on and so on and so on. But that right, my, that right there, my friends, is what I call a big fat trap. When you start noticing that these feelings and thoughts are starting to consume you, that's when you need to become self-aware and just stop, pause, and flip the script. Somewhere in our past, it could have been from some abuse or just being mistreated or, you know, different types of things, but we can... Somewhere in our past, our mind took control and it prevents us from doing things, feeling, thinking, acting the way that we really want. But we can regain that power by simply changing our thoughts. And uh, I've said it before that we have 6,000 thoughts a day. So It might not be easy, but don't let that, you know, discourage you because it's just like anything else. I don't say practice makes perfect because, you know, nothing is perfect. Um, I say practice makes things better because that is more realistic. So I encourage you to focus on all the good. Um, Easier said than done. But like I said, continue practicing that when you notice that your brain is starting to have those feelings, it's like it's taking you on this ride and you just got to get off, get off the ride. Don't sit in that ride and continue going through the whole movie in your head of all this sadness. Cause then what happens, you know, is that you end up going down. At least that's what I remember. I remember just little by little, it just like, I just started feeling down. Just that depression just starts pulling you in. Oh, next thing you know, you're on the bottom. 
So you can prevent that just by using self-awareness. When you start noticing that, change your thoughts, get up and do something else, watch something positive, um, have affirmations. If you notice there's something in your head, like a statement or a thought that you keep saying, um, I would encourage you to, even if you have to get a post-it note, get something right on your mirror, the opposite of that, or put it in your phone, um, whatever you need to do, there's a voice memo. And I feel like we don't use that enough because um, we're always on our phones. Well, there's a voice app. Um, if you know that there's times where you get lonely, uh, you can even record a little something to yourself that says, hey, Tiffany, I know you're feeling lonely right now, but just remember that is probably because X, Y, Z, you are not alone. You have your creator, whether you've established a relationship yet with him or not, he's there for you. Um, you know, that you are in charge. Tell yourself whatever you need to that's positive that will get you out of that funk. Um, but nine times out of 10, there could be a deeper rooted cause. So it's really important to also try to identify that so you can heal and you will have more tools in your to toolbox to get through things as they come your way. I myself actually experienced some sadness around Thanksgiving this past year. Actually, it happens every year um, since I haven't been in no contact with my mother. Um it's the reason why I feel this way about Thanksgiving is because in the past, it seemed like no matter where I was, no matter where my older brother was, um, we always ended up flocking to wherever my mother was living at that time. And we would have a Thanksgiving dinner. And I remember her, her and I cooking together. And that was something that I cherished, you know, with my mother. Um, those of you who know my story and have read my book, um, her and I did not have the very best healthy relationship. Um, I did not have that nurturing and stuff that I needed when I was growing up. And um, I've done so much healing work around this that I think that's why I don't get into that super deep depression like I used to. Um, because now what I experience is the sadness Um because I'm not with her because I don't have, I don't have that family feeling because we don't get to cook like we used to. And it was just something bonding that we did. That was really special to me in my heart. Um, but it's a positive memory that I think of around Thanksgiving. And I do feel a, a pang of sadness, but that's it. It doesn't manifest into depression or crying episodes or anything like that. And my friends, that's the power of healing. Um, and you can have that too in your life. That's why I share that not to boast, but because I want you to know that um, I'm not special in that regard. We all can have these feelings. It's just a matter of identifying the root cause of the problem and healing it and then moving forward with new tools in our toolbox. I actually remember getting upset um, around Thanksgiving because I wanted everybody in the kitchen cooking, not just me and my mom, but everyone, because we're all having you know, Thanksgiving dinner together. And yet here's my three brothers over there, you know, watching the football game because the Cowboys played. Um, that's my, my family's, my family is all about the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys. They all be, they always have been, and they always play on Thanksgiving. So where do the guys go to sit in front of the TV? And I'm over here thinking this is a family holiday guys. Come on, let's get together. Like we should all participate go cook some rolls over there. Hey, you go make the cranberry sauce or you, you know what I mean? Like, let's get involved. Let's do this as a family. I've always been that way though. I've always been super duper family oriented. 
Um, and sometimes I wonder if I got that from when I was a small, young little girl when I was reading and I used to read those Bernstein Bear books. Uh, those were my absolute favorite. <laughs> um, but like I mentioned before, ever since I set those um, healthy boundaries with my mother, I haven't seen her. So now I'm experiencing those moments of sadness, which I can handle. It's okay. I understand. So it's easier for me to move on. Um, now, when it comes to Christmas, Christmas this year looks very, very different to me. And it feels different to me for a multitude of reasons. One of them being um, that I have my newfound faith that I'm super duper proud of. So Christmas means something different to me. But the, the other reason why Christmas looks different to me is because um, I lost my grandfather this past year in, um, in June, somewhere in the end of June I, or July or August. I'm sorry. I, I, I see right there. I felt as soon as I started talking about this, I just got this huge wave of sadness. And because I've done so much healing, <laughs> I allow myself to feel that feeling. This is happening right now as I'm, I'm speaking this live. Like I, I had this, whoa, it was, it was overwhelming. It was just an overwhelming, overwhelming feeling of sadness. And I know why it's because I love my grandfather more than anything in this world. Oh, here come the tears. Sorry. I didn't know I was going to feel this way. I didn't know this was going to happen, <laughs> but, um, Here's some raw vulnerability for you. Uh, those of you that are not watching live, um, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel. Don't be ashamed to cry. I used to hate crying, but we shouldn't be afraid to cry. Showing emotion, feeling emotion, it's human nature. It's what we were designed to do. When we suppress our emotions, like right now, if I made it a point to just suppress that sadness I felt, I would have buried that. And I guarantee you that would have affected me probably later on throughout my day. I might've been grouchy or snippy or snappy and not know why. And other people around me are like, what the heck is her problem? My kids or my husband, like, whoa, well, are you okay? And being so busy, you know, like after this, I have more things to do. So what would normally happen? Normally what would happen is, you know, when we have these feelings that we don't honor our emotions through crying, which is natural, or journaling about it or talking to somebody about it, you know, whatever that looks like for you, just processing our emotions in a healthy way. When we don't do that, it will become suppressed and it comes out in ways in how we think and how we speak. So I'm grateful for that moment that I had. Um, I believe that you guys were meant to experience that with me. That's why that happened. Um, I hope you took something positive away from that. I so completely unexpected. Um, but I'm thankful that I just now allowed that feeling. I allowed it to flow through me. I felt it. And um, I feel okay now. <laughs> um, that I just want to tell you is the power of healing. It doesn't mean that you won't get sad. doesn't mean that you won't remember things. It just means that I am more in control of my emotions. My emotions do not control me. And that is huge. I do in a small way have a sense of loneliness because 
you know, my grandfather's not here anymore, but that doesn't mean that I'm alone. I know I'm not alone. In reality, I'm not alone, right? You know, I have a family. I, ha- I have my husband and my three sons. But w- when I stop and think about my grandfather, I- it hurts my heart and it makes me want to cry because that's a natural response to when you're sad, especially deeply sad, especially about somebody that you lost. Um, and I do that immediate emotion of loneliness. I could feel it, but in my head, I know that that's not the reality of what's, you know, happening. It's just a feeling because he's not here anymore. So if we can control those thoughts in our head and understand what's going on, why it's happening, it's easier for us to get through these things and to move forward. Otherwise I'd be a blubbering mess right now. And I would not be able to continue this episode. (laughs) Um, So now I want to get into the research of depression and loneliness. Um, Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines loneliness as being without company or cut off from others. And a psychological definition looks a little different. It would be more like loneliness is an emotion characterized by the feeling of pain caused by a perceived lack of intimacy with other people or ourselves. Psychologist Nick Wignall further shares that loneliness is an emotion. I swear I felt that just now. You guys, if you're watching me live or if you're watching me on replay, that's what you saw. You saw that loneliness emotion that I experienced as I started talking about my grandfather. Um, Loneliness is painful. Yeah, that hurt my heart. That's why I was crying. (laughs) Loneliness comes from perception. My mind immediately perceived that I was alone because he was gone because my grandfather's gone. He's not here anymore, but that's not reality. That was just my initial perception of everything, but that's not reality. Loneliness is about lack of intimacy. So um, there's also several factors that cause loneliness. For one person, being in a relationship with someone who has a hard time communicating could be the cause of their loneliness. And I have experience in that as well. My husband and I had the hardest time. You know, it's just we kept trying and our our marriage was such a struggle, not because we didn't love each other, not because we didn't want to be with one another, but because we had so much, you know, unhealed trauma in our lives that we had not healed because we didn't know it was there to heal. Like We were so oblivious to so many things. But now that we know better, we're doing better. Um, but there was a time where our communicating, we just could not communicate. And I, that's what I would say. I would say those specific words that I felt so alone in my marriage. And that was because of lack of communication. And I no longer feel that way. And again, I am so grateful because uh, my husband and I are, you know, enduring so much healing and it's such a beautiful thing. For other people, being abused as a child could be the cause of loneliness. And again, that's something else that I can relate to because I myself was abused as a child. And um, I remember feeling lonely a lot because I felt misunderstood. Like, I didn't feel like things were fair. It's like, why is all this happening? Just confused, alone. I had nobody that understood how I felt. I had nobody that could help me because they understood how I felt. Therefore, I felt alone. And for other people, a mental habit of negative self-talk could be the cause of their loneliness. Uh, Again, this is why we need to ask ourselves, who's in control? Are you in control? 
or is your mind in control? That's really, really, really important to identify. Um, because if your mind is in control, then it's always talking negative and you might not even realize it. And that's not a bad thing. It's just the way things happen. But the good news is that you can practice self-awareness. Again, it's just like a muscle. You, you know, practice makes things better, not perfect, remember? So you can get better with that if you just start paying attention to the words that come out of your mouth. Um, and we can prevent additional hurts and pains and traumas by any time we are faced, you know, from this moment forward in time, if we ever experience anything, uh, a traumatic event or anything that is enough to cause an emotional reaction from us, the best thing that we can do is allow ourselves to feel those emotions. Let it flow through you. Sometimes it's a moment. Sometimes it's days. The there is no set time. It's whatever, um, you know, works for you. That was something I learned. That was something people told me after my grandfather passed that there really is no set time. And, and that spoke mountains to me. So I hope that helps you too. The feelings of loneliness depend on a person's interpretation of their trigger. <laughs> I, th I think that's like so powerful because If we're triggered by something, so again, I'll use this example with my grandfather right now. When I started talking about it, it triggered me. It triggered that, that pain that I had in my heart the moment my dad told me, oh, that one was hard. Like I, I freaked out immediately um, because it, it was just like, it was a shock. I wasn't expecting it in that moment to hear that he was gone. So when I started talking about my grandfather's death, it triggered something in me. And my perception, my interpretation of that trigger, of that re-experiencing that emotion from that place of pain um, was pain. It was, it, it was sadness. It hurt my heart. And my brain started to think and have those feelings. It said that loneliness is an emotion. I started having that emotion too then. I had them both. Um, and my immediate interpretation was that feeling of loneliness, but that's where my self-awareness and that's where my, me being in control of my mind comes in. And that's when I knew, okay, I'm feeling sad and loneliness. I'm about to cry. That's okay. Let it happen. I let it go. I continue talking. I talked myself through that and then I'm, I'm better now. <laughs> um, so I'm just trying to give you a little bit more example of what they mean by how loneliness depends on a person's interpretation of their trigger. And if you guys have any questions, you know, by all means, comment, message me, you know, I'm, I'm this information I share, remember always is to just help, um, help you obtain additional information to help you understand things that you may be struggling in your own life. So if anything I ever talk about, um, you guys want to learn more about, you know, by all means, reach out to me. I am here for you. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about a couple other things that can cause um, these feelings of loneliness and depression. Social anxiety, that is a big one. It can be hard to make and maintain close social connections and relationships when you feel anxious being around people. I know all about that, guys. Social anxiety is a specific form of anxiety usually characterized by one or both of the following. If you're being judged or thought ill of by others or fear of being too anxious in the presence of others and being judged or thought badly of because of it. That was me a billion percent. That was me. 
I had a hard time being around people because the anxiety would set in. I would be, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, um, if you could just imagine somebody trembling in fear, terrified, like that's the way I was, but my face did not show that. Um, I think that was something that I learned when I was younger. Um, I don't, I don't know if that was really a positive thing, but I just know saving face was something that I learned to do when I was younger, not to show emotion, not to show anything, no matter what I was feeling inside inside, I'm screaming bloody murder, but you know, my face is just gaining its composure. And, um, yeah. So I understand social anxiety. I used to have to get drunk in order to be around large groups of people. And if we were going somewhere, I didn't want to be alone. I needed to have somebody. I needed that crutch or, you know, looking back, I see all these things and it's just mind boggling just how much of a prisoner I was of this social anxiety. Uh, it caused me to make bad choices like dr overly drinking. I needed that liquid courage. Otherwise, I would just be sitting there. Um, I would be so scared to get up and walk across the room to go to the bathroom. I'd rather sit there and hold it or leave. Like that's how bad it was. It was, it was really bad. Whoa. But you get that liquid courage in me and whoo, I'm walking through. I'm like, you know, feeling like I'm a okay, but wow. I was so misguided. <sighs> trauma. Trauma is another one. Trauma is a big term that encompasses a wide variety of experiences. But in general, trauma is when an especially frightening, painful, or disturbing event leads to a sustained fear or anxiety response. For example, if you were abused as a child, you might develop a, a long-lasting fear of people of the same gender as the person who abused you. This could lead to significant difficulties making connections and being around a large chunk of people. Again, I can relate to that. Um, being, um, sexually abused by an array of different men, you know, those that were related to me and those that weren't. Um, I remember I've said this in another episode, I believe it might've been in my cutting episode or, uh, there's another episode. I know where I talk about my anxiety. I believe that that's it. The anxiety episode that I just, that I talk about where I share how just simply being in the gym with my husband and a guy came to work on a machine next to me and mind you, I was sober you know, so I didn't have that liquid courage running through my veins. I'm working on a machine and a guy came in, got close, too close to, for my comfort and started working out on a machine next to me. And I just, my whole body stiffened and I didn't feel comfortable. I was so a hundred percent aware of that. He was there, his presence. I couldn't think straight. Like I explained it more in detail in that video. So please, by all means, go check it out. But, um, I understand that because if, that was from my abuse. Um, I was scared of men, but then there would be other times where I would feel more comfortable around men. So I resonate with that too. Low self-esteem. When you think poorly of yourself, it easily generalizes to imagining that others will think poorly of you as well. This can lead to a hesitance to meet or engage with others. In other words, if low self-esteem causes you to feel unworthy of other people's attention, you can see how that might lead to quite a bit of loneliness and isolation. Plus, even if you are around others and have good relationships, that chronic sense of unworthiness might make it hard to take those relationships to a deeper, more intimate level. Self-esteem is something that we should be raised growing up with. But a lot of times if our parents weren't, you know, raised with 
learning how to have a high self-esteem, self-love, all that nurturing, then it's going to be more challenging for them to pass that on to their children. Parents will pass on what they were taught unless you're the type of parent that wants to stand up and break chains and to change the way things are to not continue with generational trauma, then those parents will stand up and make positive changes. We can do that. We all have the power to do that. Just because your parents parented you in the way that you need does not mean that you have to go by what they say. You know, every generation, you know, things are just getting better. That doesn't mean we have to shame our parents or badmouth them or anything like that. I don't do that. You know, I, I find the good in what my parents did and how my parents raised me. Um, and because there's a lot of gratitude in that. I talk a lot about this in my book. So if any of you are struggling with um, relationships with your parents or even your siblings, I talk a lot about that in my book, Unlocking Your Ability to Heal. You can find that on Amazon. Um, but another one is lack of assertiveness. Assertiveness is the ability to ask for what you want in a way that is honest to yourself and respectful of others. And I know that this can be daunting if we don't have that self-confidence. If we're not confident, we can't be assertive. It's challenging to be assertive. Um, we're only assertive when we start yelling, but that's because we're still suffering. We're still, you know, in need of healing. It's the most effective form of communication because it allows for the free expression of your honest wants and needs. But when you feel afraid to be assertive and resort to other forms of communication like passive or passive aggressive, it's very hard to build honest, intimate relationships with people. And when you're surrounded by people who you think you should be closer to but aren't, that could be a setup for loneliness. Then there's also uh, your values. Values are things that matter most to us. So I really encourage everybody to take a strong look at your values um, because it's really important. A lot of times we adopt values from our family members or caregivers, those we grew up with who are around, and that might not even resonate with us. It might not, you know, have that feeling in our heart. It might not mean that much to us. So it's really good to be thorough and look at what our values are. So that way we can make sure that it's truly what we want. Then there's also your poor self-awareness, which I've been talking about. If you have poor self-awareness, then you're more likely to go down that slide into depression from feeling that loneliness factor. Research tells us, well, because and with loneliness comes depression and research tells us that major depressive disorder with seasonal pattern is a type of recurrent depression that is caused by the seasons changing. Many people with this disorder develop depression symptoms during the fall and continue to feel sad throughout the winter. Most people stop having symptoms during the spring and summer. However, some experience seasonal depression during the spring and summer. But there's solutions, and that's what I'm going to get into before I let you go for today. Light therapy. I did this. Um, I live in Utah. I finally know that winter blues are real. <laughs> Um, which kind of sparked my, a lot of my healing, but, um, I learned that light therapy is a good source. So I found some lamps, they're, they're, uh, light bulbs, special light bulbs. And I put them in the main, um, living area where we live so we can have those lights on. And when it, when, you know, when the sun's not out, we're not getting that vitamin D that's very helpful. It helps, um, with depression. 
So I encourage everybody to do that. It's not that expensive. And I bought mine on Amazon, so you can get yours there too. Um, just search for whatever you need and get some lights in your house. If it's too cloudy, even if it's too rainy, if it's if there's no, not a lot of sunshine, you know, bring it to you. <laughs> um, and like I mentioned earlier with the values, uh, you can begin a new tradition. Explore your values. Identify, you know, how do you feel about Thanksgiving? How do you feel about Christmas? What do you want to happen? Who do you want there? What do you want to do with your time? Do you want to cook? You know what I mean? Like figure that out, what's important to you and build new traditions. And then if you do feel lonely, the best thing you can do is get up, get dressed and go volunteer. Go find a place where you can be around people and you can make a difference in this world. You can donate your time. You can help other people. Um, I, I'm a blessed ambassador, so I encourage everybody to go out there and download the Bless app because that is an easy way for you to be able to help other people. If somebody else is lonely on there, maybe you two can get on the phone or a chat or email or Zoom, whatever you feel comfortable doing. And now you two are no longer alone. You guys can talk to each other, make a new you know, friendship. And then, of course, getting back in nature is always super duper helpful. Because nature, just simply being in nature is, is an easy way to just connect spiritually, which is super healthy. And then make sure you set healthy boundaries. Say no to holiday pressures. If there's people around you in your life that bring you down, acknowledge that. Do what you have to do. Setting healthy boundaries does not mean you need to pay attention to how it makes another person feel. You would be doing this solely and completely for you, for your mental health, okay? Not for anybody else's. I set healthy boundaries with my mother. I love her. I miss her. I forgive her for everything. I understand. I pray for her. And I just want nothing but healing for her. And But that doesn't mean that there's any hate. There's anything going on there. Now on her end, that might be different. But I don't need to look over there. I just need to stay focused on me. <laughs> So those are a couple ideas for you guys, and I hope that helps you because you can be happy during the holidays. There's no reason, there's no reason why we need to suffer through the holidays. There's no reason why the holidays need to be looked at as negative. There's really not. We, if we don't like something, we have the power to change it. If you do not like that you're feeling depressed and lonely during the holidays, I encourage you, try some of these things out. Make phone calls, research, find a friend that you could go with to volunteer if you're feeling nervous. You know, do what you can. Don't look at all the things that you can't do. Look at all the things that you can do and give. Put that out there. By blessing others, you will be blessing yourself. Um, so as we come to the end of the show, I want to say thank you to everybody listening and watching today's episode. Please comment with what resonated with you and invite your friends and family to like and follow on Facebook. You can also subscribe on YouTube and listen on all major podcast platforms at your leisure. And I appreciate those reviews. So thank you for that. And um, I just want to remind you, you know, as we I leave for today that Whatever you're feeling, help somebody else that might be feeling that same way because then you'll be helping yourself. And I'm Tiffany Patlin signing off to the next episode. 
take care, everybody. Bye.